When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, one more to go, one more preseason game, and then it is off to the regular season. Welcome back to It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovee, glad to have you aboard out at practice today and Matt sometimes you get those days this time of year where you're reminded fall is just around the corner a little bit chillier a little rainy it felt like it was the middle of the season type of practice I wasn't quite ready am I a sicko that I love this weather I think I love like 60 degrees a little bit of overcast and a little bit of breeze I know that I don't want that all the time but I'm not a big heat guy. Like, I love fall weather. I would have preferred it to not be raining. I would prefer, like, just a very dry. I think if you said, like, what is your ideal day? Matt Bove says 63 degrees with a light breeze and sunny. That is my ideal Listen, day. I don't think you're sicko for that. What I think you're a sicko for is wanting that on August 23rd. That's what I think you're a sicko for. I, I don't need that on August 23rd. I like it if we have to work in it for a lot of reasons. I like that it's very comfortable outside. I also like that the video looks better in darker mm. situations because then you don't have to worry about the lighting as much. The sun can make it impossible to shoot football, especially inside the stadium, because sometimes the play is in the sun. Sometimes it's out of the sun. Sometimes it's coming from one side, but it's inconsistent. So on an overcast day, I think the video pops that much more. Uh, we will talk about all the things you shot at uh, practice and I yeah. saw and we saw and everything that went on at practice. But first, before we do that, man, another tough week for you and your family. Yeah. And I'm so, so sorry. And I'll let you tell everybody about uh, why you're absent from the last program. Yeah, so Sal did the last program solo because my grandfather, we found out very suddenly, had an inoperable brain bleed, 95 years old, was unbelievably healthy, lived a very, very full life. Well, once they determined he had an inoperable brain bleed, they switched to end-of-life care, palliative care, and within 24 hours of that, he passed away. Six weeks to the day of when my father passed away. So... I th I think there's something there. I think yeah. he almost I think he died of a broken heart. I don't know the medical terminology for that if if it's e if it's even possible, but we had my daughter's baptism about a week and a half ago, and after the baptism, we stopped at the mausoleum where my father is buried, and it was the first time my grandfather has been there since oh. like the cemetery and all of the stuff, and to see him sit there and break down seeing his son buried oh, somewhere yeah was so incredibly difficult. And I think it quite literally like 
you don't want to say it killed him, but like it makes you wonder, like, could he take the pain anymore? I cannot imagine anybody who has ever had to bury a child. My grandfather had to do it twice with my father and with a sister who died at three months old, never came home from the hospital. So he lived a very full life. He was a teacher at Iroquois. He helped run the Boys and Girls Club at East Aurora, lived there his entire life. So it's a little different when somebody's 95 years old. It will never be easy. It will never be a good time to lose somebody. But man, 95 years. God bless him. He was an incredible man. Very gentle, very kind. He'll be missed. But I do find some comfort in knowing he's with dad again. Yeah, I think for me, like, you know, you tell me that story and I'm thinking there, there's a, a spot where he wanted to be with his son. Right. And it mm-hmm. didn't have to go like that. But he wanted to be with his son again. And he's going to be with his son. And he immediately, you know, got with his son again. They're going to be forever, eternally together. And he also lived an amazing life. The things you tell me about him, he was driving himself around at 95 years old. I think that's incredible. I, I, I hope I'm doing that at 95. Man. He was he was doing yoga. He oh went to the gosh. gym. He cut Love his it. own lawn at 95 years old. Quick story. So we got a call 10 years ago that he had fallen off the roof. He was cleaning his own gutter. Wow. So at this point, he's like in his mid 80s. Yeah. You go to the hospital. He's in the emergency room. And the doctor asks us in front of my dad and I, what's your level of pain? One to 10. And my grandpa goes, I don't know, like a two, maybe a three. He goes, sir, you've cracked your femur. You should be in a lot of pain. And he was like, well, okay, whatever. Just when can I get out of here? When can I go home? Like paint <laughs> people built in that, like people born and yeah. raised in that generation. They're just built different, man. They're seriously built no different, doubt. you know, live to 95. I always thought like the way that he would go would be like snow blowing his own driveway at 105 years old and just like slipping and falling. So I think we could all, he died peacefully in the hospital surrounded by family and was only there for a couple of days. There is something comforting about that. What, what's his name? What was his name? Uh, Richard Anthony Beauvais. Richard Anthony Beauvais. Everybody called him rich. He hated when people called him Dick. (laughs) I mean, well, I don't even know how to answer that other than he's 95 and he kicked my butt anyway. So I don't think I want to call him anything that he didn't want to be called. Hey, a lot of people had different names for him. He was just <laughs> a really, just a really special dude. Well, um, prayers and thoughts and love to you and your family once again through a difficult time. And I know it's been very difficult, but I also know you find comfort in the great life that he lived and the fact that he's with his son and the rest of his family once again. Absolutely. All right. Well, there's never an easy transition, but we are going to talk about the Buffalo Bills and let's start doing that now because they have a preseason game on Saturday against the Chicago Mm -hmm. Bears Saturday at 1 p.m. It's the preseason finale. Now, there used to be four preseason games. There's only three. But what the NFL did was they chopped off the last preseason game. So you still have two weeks from the final preseason game to the first regular season game. And in fact, in the Bills case, it's Saturday to a Monday, it's 16 days mm-hmm. from the final preseason game to the opening night, September 11th, Monday night against the New York Jets. Matthew Bove, given yes. how the Bills performed or didn't perform, I guess I'd say, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially their starters, would you entertain the thought of the starters playing at all in this game to feel a little better, look a little better, work out some kinks, whatever it is, and and full disclosure, we don't know if they are yet. If you're listening to this after you find out, you know, you might know that already because Sean McDermott will probably reveal that on Thursday morning. We are recording this on Wednesday night, which is why I wanted to ask you this now. I 
am not a preseason guy. I do not see the point in playing your starters in the preseason. I think the risk greatly outweighs the reward. All of that said, because they looked so bad, not everybody, but most of them looked so bad against the Steelers, I think I would play all of the starters besides like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and then maybe some of the other guys who you absolutely know, like you're fine. You're not overly concerned about, like I'm not playing Matt Milano. I'm not playing Tredavious White. I'm not playing guys who have a very defined role on this team, but the areas where I was concerned the most, the offensive line, I would say roll the entire unit out there again. See what they can do. Even your starting tackles. If that means you've got to go Dawkins and Spencer Brown playing in another game, maybe Mitch Morris is the one that you give the game off. And you say, okay, Bates, you're going to play center for Morris. We want to get another look at Torrance. McGovern gets banged up a little bit on Wednesday. Probably not going to play him just to be cautious, even though it doesn't seem like it's going to be a long-term thing. Probably not going to risk anything with him, but I thought the offensive line struggled, so I would like to see another look at them. And then defensively, I know the defensive line generated some pressure, and that's maybe been the like lone bright spot for the defense over the last couple weeks, but uh, they didn't look outstanding either, those first couple drives. The Jalen Warren touchdown just like keeps replaying in your head of like, how does that happen? I know you're not game planning for a preseason game a ton, but you can't let a play like that happen ever. So I think that we will see some starters. I think we'll see more starters than we usually see in the preseason finale, just because I think it could be a little bit of a message to the guys. Like, you know, we need more. Yeah, But, but it's a, Sean McDermott, the Bills as an organization, Brandon Bean and McDermott are never reactionary, right? They don't, I mean, what I mean by that is sure. If they lose a guy to an injury, they'll react to go out and sign somebody. What I mean is they generally stick to their plan. They generally have a plan. They stick to it and they don't say, Oh, we got a knee jerk. So that's why, I mean, I don't know. Maybe his plan all along was to play the starters. But if his plan wasn't to play the starters, I don't think McDermott's going to change that. I think he'll just do what he feels he needs to do to make sure that they get through the preseason healthy. And he's not going to look at last Saturday and say, you know what? We didn't play well. Now, he could surprise us and go, hey, there's two weeks left and we didn't like the way we looked. And I got I to gotta make sure that these guys are right and understand how important this is. The one thing I'll counter on with what you said about the O-line, I hear you on everything. What I'd be worried about, though, is you're already so thin right now on the old line at tackle, especially with McGovern getting banged up, like you said, but especially at <laughs> tackle. That's true. What happens if Spencer Brown <laughs> rolls an ankle or something? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think you can risk it. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. If that happens, you get Jason Peters on the phone and you say, hey, hey, big guy, you want to come back to Buffalo? I know. You just not let him play. Yeah, that's a good point. I I don't know. I I would say of the position battles, uh, it's not a position battle, but of the offensive line positions, I would say I'm most concerned about right tackle. And I know what you're saying. There's like no depth behind you know, behind Dawkins and Spencer Brown, it's basically Questenberry, Vandermark, and that's it. So 
your point is valid, but you could say the same thing because you don't really have a lot of options there. What if you roll out just Questenberry and Vandermark as your two starters and then one of them gets hurt and then right? there's like one person behind them. So I, I don't know what they do. I don't think they're going to do what I suggested. I think there's probably like 30 players who do not step on the field in the game. That's what I assume the Bills are going to do. But if McDermott is a little bit more reactionary than they normally are, you're not going to see me complaining. But hindsight's a heck of a thing because if they play and then somebody gets injured, you could sit here and say, what the heck were they doing? So it, it goes both ways. Just there's absolutely no chance that like Diggs or Allen or Milano or Trey White or Gabe Davis. You say or, there's like, absolutely no chance they're going to play? I don't think they should. I, oh, no. Well, there's a difference. You said there's no chance they would. I, I That's what I mean. Like, I don't know yet. I, I'm still waiting for Sean to tell us. I don't. I don't completely dismiss it. I think you're right. I think they won't play, but I mean, look, there are teams playing starters. Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Jets. And again, I'll go back to this is normally the week you play your starters anyway. It's the third preseason game when you have two weeks left. So I'm not going to completely dis dismiss the notion. And like I said, by the time people hear this, they might already know the answer to this question, but I'm fascinated by it. Evidence tells us the last couple of years, they get one game. Yeah, big starters. That's right. Allen, Diggs, etc. Last the last couple of years, they've happened on home games. So one of them was the middle game. One of them was the last game. I'm not really looking too much into that. I'm just thinking that it was convenient. It was the home game. That's kind of what they felt most comfortable, the most controlled setting. But they've already played. I mean, Allen was seven of ten. He looked like Josh Allen. He had a big play that was negated by a penalty. There was like a million penalties. I need to see nothing more from Josh Allen to be convinced that he in particular is ready to go. I feel the same way about Stefan Diggs and I right. feel the same way about some of those other guys that I've mentioned. Um, by the way, I do think, and I don't know this and I, maybe I should ask Sean at some point. It's he wouldn't, it wouldn't matter now it's past it, but I wonder if he used this preseason game, the one at the Steelers instead of a home game, because week one is at the jets and they needed to make sure they go on silent count and you know, that kind of thing, like to the crowd, it wasn't super loud, but you're going to, a road environment. We got to make sure that we're, you know, buttoned up as far as that, but they weren't buttoned up. Right. I mean, they had 12 penalties in the first half and a lot were pre-snap penalties, which is something that is carrying over. And now, you know, even in practice, they're trying everything they can to, you know, correct that before they get to New York and they have to uh, really crowd a loud environment on Monday night at MetLife. While one of the advantages of Saturday and not playing the starters is there's still 90 guys on the roster, which has not been the case this late in the year. Let's talk about some of the ones that are fighting for roster spots.